Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. New York, New York. Let's get to it. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by World of Spas. We are at the world's most famous arena, MSG. The Edmonton Oilers on the heels of a 6-3 Victory over the New Jersey Devils, their first of 10 back-to-backs this season. The Oilers and the New York Rangers are the top team in the Eastern Conference. These teams have had some wild games over the last several uh, years. And in fact, uh, we were robbed of one earlier this year because the Rangers won in Edmonton 3-0. That was the night that we honored uh, former Oiler and Ranger Doug Waite, um, along with Charlie Huddy. Uh, who, of course, uh, spent years coaching some of the guys like Jacob Truba tonight for the Winnipeg Jets, and Charlie spent years in Edmonton. And it was a night in which Connor McDavid, one of the two games he missed this season, and all McDavid's done in the 17 games that Chris Knobloch has coached, the Edmonton Oilers has put up 33 points. Lots to get to. Uh, we're going to have some fun on today's show, a complete recap of last night's victory against New Jersey, coming down the pipe at about 242 to 245, throwback Friday with the former heavyweight champion, of the National Hockey League, Edmonton sporting icon, Montreal-based media personality, George Larocque. At uh, 3.05 today, Brennan Escott, Reed Wilkins, and myself will assess Edmonton's pre-Christmas performance. And it's simple. It hasn't been good enough, but it has been better of late, and the Oilers' schedule, this will be the 20th of 31 games against the team's that are in the top 16 of the standings of the National Hockey League, which means Edmonton has a very got the easiest schedule in the league after Christmas. We should mention that. And uh, and then at 3:35 today, for the horses and horse race in Alberta for daily faceoffs, Frank Saravalli. You can reach us on the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. We will tell you that the River Cree has Prism and Harlequin live at the River Cree. Uh, Saturday, December the 30th. Get your tickets now at the River Cree Resort.com. River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement. Bet on it. And you can text us on the Ashley Five Floors text line 780 Get the new floors you always wanted. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. Ahead to Ashley Five Floors for dot, uh, dot com for more information. Our top story for legacy heating and cooling, whether it's heating or cooling you need, get up with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy heating and cooling. A edit to the lines halfway through the second period completely changed and altered the course of yesterday's game. Uh, the Oilers broke up a, a line that was struggling five-on-five, five, and that was Evander Kane with Leon Dreisaitl and Warren Fogle. This on a night in which Connor McDavid, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Zach Hyman, who have by far the best metrics in the entire National Hockey League of any line in the league, absolutely crushed New Jersey. The Oilers changed the lines out, and it made a huge difference. Three goals in 109, and that's where we're going to go right here, right now. The Oilers Now Audio Vault is brought to you by Direct Workwear. In these tight budget times, Direct Workwear is the superhero your wallet deserves. Huge selection, low prices. Cam Moon on the call last night. Oilers look to get back on the winning track. They take on the New Jersey Devils. Puck comes loose, left wing corner, centered in front. Scores! Ryan McLeod off the post and in. The setup by Gagne, and it's 1-0 Edmonton. McLeod was all alone for his third goal of the season. Just 24 seconds into the game. Left wing half smart to Eckholm. He'll shoot it. Smith the save. Rebound. Scores! Ryan Nugent Hopkins picks up that loose puck. He goes up 
upstairs, and it's 2-0. Vogel couldn't get a shot through. Michael McLeod will bring it out in over the Euler line right side to Mercer. He'll shoot, scores. Dawson Mercer got the pass on the right wing, goes off the post and in. To Siegenthaler, he'll take a snapshot, scores. And shot on net, rebound, scores. Meyer was there to shovel it home as he followed it up. And it's a 3-2 Devils lead. We responded well tonight, obviously in a tough spot, down one, heading into the third period. The rebound, waiting, shooting, McDavid scores! Connor McDavid will give it away to Dreisaitl, backhand, scores! Leon Dreisaitl goes upstairs! Now brought out by Ernie down the right wing, he'll cut to the net, scores! What a move! And he makes it 5-3 for the Oilers. Dad's in the stands. Um, best buddies in the stands, so uh, it's a good time to get my first one for sure. Luke Hughes had to go off his stick. It comes right in front. Ryan McLeod scores! Ryan McLeod awaits Vanacek and gives the Oilers a 6-3 lead. The Edmonton Oilers as the time comes off the clock. We'll win this one 6-3. Four goals in the third period to erase a 3-2 deficit. And they end their three-game losing streak. 6-3 the final over the Devils. We got our work. We got our ass kicked. There you go. That's Lindy Ruff. We got outworked and we got our ass kicked. He's the head coach of the New Jersey Devils, and the Oilers dominated that game out, shooting the Devils 38-24 to overall. Edmonton leading the NHL in shots for, obviously, very good possession metrics all season long. This is uh, the Oilers Now Audio Vault segment for direct workwear. Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch, who has been uh, an interim head coach with the Rangers twice when COVID struck down uh, first David Quinn and then Gerard Gallant. Chris Knobloch says the second Second period set up the third for the Oilers. We did a lot of good things in the second period. We didn't score the goals, but I thought we deserved a better fate. Um, obviously, the third period was much better. Um, I don't know if we had as much offense was on time. Obviously, the goals came, but um, you know I was just happy with our guys, and it was very similar to the, the Winnipeg game where I thought we, you know, we could have been up, we weren't. We stuck with the game plan, and it paid off in the third period. So, you know, good for them um, to stick with us. Meanwhile, Connor McDavid had these comments following last night's game on the Oilers' three goals in a minute and nine seconds. Well, we just wanted to get pucks there. We felt there was a lot of pucks laying around the net, and um, we needed, uh, sometimes you just need a bounce, and we got one there early, and, and uh, you know, obviously Leo makes a special play there. Um, not a lot of guys can make, and, you know, Bigger and chips in with, uh, with another big one, you know, a couple seconds later. So it's a big stretch of the game um, you know, that turned it uh, in our favor for sure. Big earn. There you go. Adam Ernie, who is from Connecticut. And at one time lived with Bill Comrie as he uh, developed as a member of the L.A. Selects before playing in the QMJHL, where he was the uh, leading playoff performer one year, winning the Guy Lafleur Award on route to helping the Quebec Ramparts win the QMJHL title. Ryan McLeod had a couple goals. He had this to say in the Oilers' big third period. Uh, yeah, the message in the room was kind of just stay the same. We thought we, you know, we're doing uh, good enough things to win the game, and you know, we just came out and, and got some good bounces and, and uh, took the game over. And here's Adam Ernie, who uh, got back in the lineup and is likely to stay in the lineup tonight. You know, just trying to stay part of the group, put in the work and practice, after practice, and on game days when you're not playing, it's, uh, it's tough, but you put in the extra work, and, you know, it's a process, but it makes, you know, scoring, coming back and scoring, you know, that much better. 
There you go. The Edmonton Oilers knock off the New Jersey Devils by a score of uh, six to three tonight. Stuart Skinner starts. We do. Uh, the Oilers did not have an avail with the second of a back-to-back. Two things of note. Sam Gagne did not finish the game last night. He took a high stick from Vincent DeHarnay. Derek Ryan got clattered into the boards. The Oilers have not recalled a forward. Uh, we'll have more information for you basically about an hour out before the game. When we come back in Oilers now, for Conlon Motorsports, Edmonton Sporting Icon, George LaRock. We're going to head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline and welcome back to the show the former heavyweight champ of the National Hockey League, Edmonton Sporting Icon, Montreal-based personality, George LaRock. For Conlon Motorsports, they'll help you get out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta. Online at conlonmotorsports.ca. George, are you at the airport right now? No, I'm not at the airport. I'm at home, so it's all good, bro. It's all good. How you doing, big man? I'm good. I'm, I will be coming to Edmonton during the week and stuff, so uh, I will be in town. But for now, I'm there, so I'm all uh, all years for you. All right. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers are 11 and six under Chris Knobloch. They had an eight-game winning uh, streak. It got snapped. Lost three in a row, but then won last night six-three against the Devils. George, I don't know if you saw, but one of the media guys asked Connor McDavid about Jack Hughes being like Wayne Gretzky. It was kind yeah, of funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it was funny and. Connor's face was funny too, man. That guy is such a good professional because he stuttered when he heard Wayne with Jack and then he gave a really nice answer knowing the humble guy that he is. But, uh, you know, that guy should lose his license just to mention (laughs) the name of Wayne with Jack Hughes. Are you kidding me? I know Wayne has complimented Jack Hughes before, but you cannot ask it. What kind of question is that? Like, if you want, tell that media guy, I'll give you a list of questions you could ask that are much more smarter than asking something like that to the best player in the world. George, I've asked I've, I've asked some stupid questions. As you know, we have Coach McTavish on the show on Mondays, and I asked him after Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Final when his power play was 1 for 21 if he needed to put George LaRock as the net front on the power play. And he said, <laughs> any other stupid questions? And then he scratched you for the final three games of the Stanley Cup Final. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, it is funny. All right, uh, the Oilers are starting to play better. George, the Oilers tonight concludes the pre-Christmas schedule. 20 of Edmonton's 31 games against the top 15 teams in the league. Edmonton has the easiest schedule in the second half of the season in the entire league. And the Oilers, George, for four consecutive years have been a way better team in the second half than the first half. I, I, like, is it hard to play in Edmonton because it's so dark in November or December? I don't know, man. There's something going on. You got any theories behind it? Well, you know, winters obviously are hard in Edmonton because people are not used to it. Yes, it's darker. Yes, it's colder. But, but Bob, l- let's talk about something more serious than this, about the weather and all that stuff. What is it? The, the problem is, and we've been talking about it for years, it's the goalies. The goalies always been a problem. When the goalies are playing a decent game, we win. And when they're bad, we lose. The problem is, from since the beginning of the season, they've been more bad than they've been, they've been decent. You know, we're asking Picker to come in and fill a huge, important role. Um, you know, sometimes he looks like an NHL goalie. Sometimes he looks like he deserves to be in the minors. And let's not talk about Campbell that now lost his role of uh, startup in the American Hockey League. This is where it hurts. With the salary cap, 
It's hard to improve that position, but Bob, we will be making the playoff. We'll make the playoff, but other than finish in top fighting with Vegas for the top of the division, we're going to make it uh, you know, towards the end. And then, you know, the one thing that I don't like and that is tough is that the only success we're going to have in the playoff is going to depend on that. And, Bob, ever since me and you started to talk on the show about, about the others and about the game, it's always the same subject. So the question I have for you, Bob, I'm going to reverse it to you. Do you ever think, Bob, that one day, me and you, when we're going to talk on your show, we're going to say that the goalie situation is solved now. Now we could talk about other issues. You think this is ever going to happen? I, I don't know, George, because I did not think it would be. And I'll give you credit. You said, all, you said Bob, the Oilers can come in first if they get decent goaltending. And I, we're not going to crap on Stuart Skinner here, but I'm just going to shoot you a number. Goalies can bounce back. Jonathan Quick had a tough two years. He has a plus 6.9 goals saved above expert, expectation. He's starting tonight for the Rangers. Shesterkin's basically even at plus 1.4. Right now, Stuart Skinner is minus 10.4, meaning that he's given up 10 more goals than an average goaltender would be expected to give up based on the caliber of shots he's faced. That equates to like five or six wins. And if the Oilers had five or six wins more, they're in the hunt in a, in a very competitive Pacific division. And we're not talking about an easy schedule. George, it's a valid point. I got a question for you. Do you think maybe goaltending has changed a bit? Can smaller goalies play because there's less equipment the shooters are better. You get more power play. You have to be more athletic. And the Russians, well, the Russians are not overcoached. Now, some of the Russian goalies are bigger. Some of them are – but look at Juicy Saros and what he's doing with Nashville. He's a yeah. small goalie. Who was the guy yeah. the Canadians had, the, the Czech guy, Slovak, ha- Halak? Yeah. He's played forever, and he was a smaller guy. Do you yeah. think maybe but, we're seeing a shift away from the, the blockers that are all about okay. tracking the puck? What do you think? Yeah. It's a good point that you brought up because the NHL now is so much faster. The guys move the puck. The skill is much better. So because of the skill, the side-to-side movement for goaltending is much faster and quicker now. And you're right that big goalies that are not agile enough, it's tougher for them. Carey Price was a big goalie that was fast to go from side to side. Yes, That's why he was always square to the puck. When I look at Skinner, right, if you want to evaluate him, look where he is every time he gets a shot. A good goalie is square to the puck at any position. And then when you square to the puck, the glove and the biscuit is there to, to, to block some other angles. So if you square to the puck, you're always in front of the puck all the time. And that's why smaller goalies will be quicker to do so. For bigger goalies, it's harder. So, you know, the best time in the NHL right now is in Boston, right? Because now hockey is so demanding, Bob, that a goalie that plays 60 game, 70 games, it won't exist anymore. Almost it's close to a split with your number one and number two now because there's so many games, they're so demanding, and goalies could get hurt. And if you have a good number one, a bad number two, you're done. So that's why now more and more teams are going to be balanced with one and two, and it's so important because Boston knows they need to resign these two goalies because if they lose one, this has been their strength the strength like all the time. Why is Boston first in the NHL? It doesn't make sense. They lost Bergeron, they lost Krejci, they had no centerman. 
But you know the defenseman corp they have with the goalies makes it so it's hard to score against them. Yeah. But it all starts from behind with your goalies and, and the Oilers. The one thing that people have to realize is that as much power they have in attack, right? When a goalie lets a bad goal in, guys are like, "Here we go again. Here we go again. Another another one of these nights." And it's tough because it takes the life out of the room. It takes the life out of the bench. And then guys, even though the professional. It's hard because you're like, you work so hard. It's hard to score in the NHL. But if a goalie gave a gift or two gifts a game, then, you know, your moral, it goes down. And it's much harder. And that's why I know that it's, I know it's easier said than So, so George, and, and, George. And, and, and Bob, and Bob, you know, nobody thought that Campbell was going to be worse than Smith. I didn't think so either. I thought he was going to be good. And when we say good, we don't have to be Vasilevsky, just to be decent. I agree with you. I didn't see it being that bad. I didn't. So, I George, I, that either. and you experienced this, and we've had this conversation with Craig McTavish, because you guys, the reason Robin Brownlee and me picked you guys over Detroit that year is you were a good team that didn't get any saves during the regular season for the first five months. Your guys' analytics, and nobody did a lot of analytics back then, but but you guys had you were a good puck possession team that could roll four lines. You guys had a good team. You just didn't get key stops, and then you got Rollison. And then what happened? Yeah. You were a different yeah. team, right? And and yeah, nobody saw Rollison as a world beater when Kevin Lowe stepped up and gave a first for Dwayne Rolls. And now he knew he had a chance to re-sign him. But that just showed you. Like, I mean, you the Oilers now, George, are, are, are like right now, the line of McDavid, Nugent, Hopkins, and Hyman is head and shoulders the best offensive line in the league. They're carrying 77% of the scoring chances when they're on the ice together. They dominate play. The Oilers are, the Oilers are the most shots on goal per game. They get lots. They're the number one expected goal is four. But they need some more stops. So you're bang on there. George, one final one for you. MSG, Madison Square Garden. Did you like playing here back in the day? It was awesome. It, the, the, the fans, when you talk about NHL cities that the fans know their hockey, this is one electrifying place where the fans are really passionate about hockey, and it's always an honor to play there. Awesome stuff. George, we're up against the clock. Happy holidays to you and yours, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in January when the Oilers come to town. Yes, happy holidays to the entire, uh, like, to everyone in Edmonton, to all the fans listening. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. Happy holidays to you, Bob, and the entire family, too, and thanks for having me on your show. It's always a pleasure. There you go. That is the former heavyweight champion of the National Hockey League. Of course, he was on the Oilers when they made their cup run in 06. And not a lot of people thought when Edmonton got Dwayne Rolison that they were going to end up in the Stanley Cup final that year. The Oilers were a good possession team, real good third and fourth line, had a diversified attack. This year's team a little bit top heavier, but with elite players. Makes you wonder. Even if, even if you just get a 1B, time will tell. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. And when we come back, Brendan Escott, Reed Wilkins, and myself will dis- uh, dissect and discuss the first 30-plus games of the season. You're listening to Oilers now.